Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. <laughs> Wolf, and welcome to episode number 47 of Unformidable, where we take a look at some of the less heralded myths in our beloved franchise's quirky history, because to us, every player who downs the orange and blue is, in some way, unformidable. And as I sit down to record this, opening day take two still has not taken place. Uh, we met fans at a watch forlornly as 28 other teams started their seasons this past weekend, and we had nothing thanks to the Nationals' COVID outbreak. Uh, to me, it was an unfortunate reminder that 2020 is really only behind us as a date. Uh, obviously, there are positive signs sprouting, and opening day is meant to feel positive, but this won't be a 100% normal season, as the smaller crowd size is in any reasonable stadium or state will attest to. Hopefully it's closer to a normal season, though. Uh, 2020, in fact, in addition to many negative things, I'll remember is the first year that I did not set foot in the Mets home stadium since 1982, uh, when my dad refused to return post-strike. Uh, it's the only opening day I haven't attended, aside from the first game at City Field, since 1997. In a lot of ways, it felt to me like a season that never happened. It was hard to fully concentrate on baseball with no crowds, strange rules, 
uh, uncertainty about whether we should be playing organized sports. Uh, of course, you know, I, I did watch some for distraction uh, in you know surreal things like a Met walk-off home run at Yankee Stadium. But really, 2020 was just bizarre as a season. My friend Rob Ward and I were reminiscing yesterday about how many random Mets took the field last year. Uh, I, I mentioned Brian Dozier, and he was like, yeah, you, if you didn't throw that name out there, I never would have believed it. And you were joking about future unformidable candidates all around, Dozier, Hunter Strickland. Um, and I actually decided, what the hell, I've never... Uh, ultimately, uh, no sentiment represents the 2020 season better to me than the notion that, you know, I, I sometimes just look back and think to myself, did that really happen? That whole year? Any of it? Uh, which really, to me, makes the quintessential 2020 Met, one about whom a great deal of ink was spilled, but one who never actually took it at bat or appeared as a Met in 2020. A uh, Met almost entirely in name only, uh, one whose existence became a bit of a joke to Met fans over the last couple of years, like a Major League Baseball Sasquatch, the apparently really still alive and suddenly magically healthy Mr. Jed Lowry. That's right, I'm going to go there. I've never done a player still playing in baseball, but I don't know. I just felt like it. Uh, Jed Carlson Lowry was born on April 17, 1984 in Salem, Oregon. Uh, played ball in North Salem High in Oregon, and then attended Stanford University, uh, where he excelled in baseball, earned Pac-10 Player of the Year honors, and played in a, on a great team with future major leaguers uh, such as Carlos Quentin and Sam Fold. Uh, he was drafted in the first round supplemental draft by the Red Sox in 2005, uh, a lot of big names in that draft. Uh, Justin Upton went first overall. Ryan Braun and Troy Tulowitzki went high in the first round before the Mets drafted one Mike Pelfrey. Uh, Lowry's Stanford teammate, another Stanford teammate, and a probable future unformidable candidate, John Mayberry Jr., was drafted 19th overall by the Texas Rangers. Uh, the Red Sox had a slew of picks. I guess they were comp picks. Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury and Clay Buckholz were both drafted before Ellsbury, um, and then he, as I said, he was drafted 45th overall, I think, and joined the Sox organization. From 2005 through 2007, Jed Lowry played for the Red Sox at, you know, just made his way up through the minors. Uh, peaking really in 2007, he made the AA Eastern League All-Star team. Uh, was named the Red Sox Minor League Offensive Player of the Year, and actually after the 07 season cracked uh, both Baseball America and MLB uh, top 100 prospect lists. Not not way up there, but I think in the 60-70 range. You know, he wasn't a big home run hitter in the minors, but he already started to display what would ultimately what he would be known for in the majors for people who got to watch him play in the majors, which was a solid batting eye and extra base power, you know, someone who could spray line drives around the field, get 30, 40 doubles a year, if not, you know, if not a ton of home runs. He started 2008 in AAA, but uh, was called up to make his major league debut pretty quickly in April of 20, 2008 when uh, Mike Lowell went on the DL, the Red Sox everyday third baseman at the time. 
Uh, so though he was a shortstop, he was plugged in a third. Uh, in his major league debut, I think it was April 15th, 2008, he went one for four with three RBIs in his debut, uh, grounding a single off of reliever Rafael Perez of Cleveland to drive in two runs with his first major league hit and actually put the Red Sox ahead 3-2 in a game they'd ultimately win 5-3. He played pretty regularly at third with uh, Lowell injured and hit his first career home run on May 10th of 2008 off of Glenn Perkins of the Minnesota Twins. And as a reward for that, Jed Lowry summarily got sent back down to the minors after that game as Lowell came off the DL. Uh, He would return to the big league club later in August, though, when Red Sox shortstop Julio Lugo got hurt, and Lowry played well enough to split time uh, once Lugo came off the DL with him down the stretch and into the postseason. Um, and in his career, Lowry actually logged a lot of postseason time uh, between Boston, Houston, and the A's. That uh, a ton of personal success uh, with his postseason stat line, never advancing beyond the league championship season, which he did in 2008. And he's actually the one who put the Red Sox there. He had his finest, and as far as I could see, only or remember or look up in researching, his only memorable postseason moment was as a rookie uh, when in Game 4 of the ALDS against the Angels, uh, Lowry ground a single uh, between the hole between first and second. Probably wouldn't have been a hit in 2020, might have been shifting on him, uh, but he brought home the one and only Jason Bay uh, with the game-winning run to walk off Game 4, uh, a Game 4 series Division Series clinching victory over the then very unfortunately named Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Lowry would then only go two for 18 in the following seven-game ALCS loss to the Rays. Uh, They're probably the Devil Rays then. I'm trying to remember when that name change took place, but uh, the ending the Sox dreams of repeating as World Series champions as the Rays went on to the World Series, and we won't discuss who won that World Series. I mean, I guess it's not as bad as the Yankees, but pretty damn close. One other note that I completely forgot, the Red Sox season ended in 2008, but Lowry had another unformidable moment in early 2009 before the season started, as Jed Lowry technically hit the very first home run in a Mets game in City Field history, uh, I believe. I went to both of those games. I, I was trying to find uh, stats on them. They were cold and rainy. Uh, on April 3rd and 4th, the Mets and Red Sox played exhibition games at City Field. I believe the Yankees and Cubs played exhibition games at the new Yankee Stadium. Uh, it's cold and unpleasant and rainy. And in the first inning of the second game on April 4th, uh, I think Oliver Perez walked the bases loaded and gave up a grand slam to Jed Lowry, uh, which, uh, you know, it's very fitting uh, for what Oliver Perez would do. And um, yeah, at any rate, I couldn't find box scores to the games, but I don't think there was a home run in the first game. It was definitely it was a home run in the first inning of the second game. And, you know, basically the reports of the game were just, uh, I'm just going on memory at this point, but 
Uh, you know, everyone just talked about how spacious and cavernous the stadium was and how hard it was going to be to hit home runs. Uh, I think Fernando Tatis hit hit one off of the, you know, what Howie Rose would soon dub the Great Wall of Flushing that, you know, would have been well out of Shea, but not, of course, out of City Field. At any rate, uh, that little cameo at City Field, which was more notable than any he would make as a New York Met, sadly enough, uh, Jed Lowry continued on in his major league career with the Red Sox, uh, bouncing between second, third, and short over the next few years, never quite establishing himself as a regular. He had a very good offensive season in 2010, but he missed the beginning of the season with mono, and then he struggled with injuries later in the year. Um, and then after a disappointing 2011 season, he got traded to the Houston Astros in a deal for Mark Melanson. Lowry would then spend the 2012 to 2018 seasons kind of ping-ponging between the Houston Astros and the Oakland A's. He had a solid 2012 with Houston, uh, which then uh, then the Oakland A's were interested in him and acquired him in the offseason for a package including Chris Carter and Brad Peacock. Uh, and then Lowry had a great 2013 season for Oakland, uh, put up to that point a career high, 119 OPS plus, uh, but he struggled in 2014, uh, both offensively and then with a broken finger, and he did struggle with injuries a lot in his career. Uh, and I guess he liked Houston because he signed back there uh, for, a, I think, a four-year contract, uh, probably four years, would bring him to the Mets time uh, in the 2014 offseason. He uh, played third and short uh, and for Houston in 2015, uh, eventually being supplanted at short when rookie Carlos Correa came up for good. Uh, so he was kind of a bench piece uh, for the Astros when the precocious and, to the best of my knowledge, not cheating Houston Astros made the 2015 postseason, and Lowry went 0 for 3 in the postseason that year as the Astros rather unfortunately came up just short in a five-game League Division series to the Kansas City Royals that would soon also have negative implications for the Mets. I actually think it was a Correa error in Game 4 that uh, kept Kansas City alive, if I'm remembering. Uh, but I digress again. Uh, but Correa and Altuve, of course, were then kind of pretty settled in the middle of the infield. Uh, Houston had Alex Bregman in the pipeline. Uh, so Lowry got traded back to Oakland in the offseason after that year. After a down or mediocre 2016, Lowry really flourished back in Oakland, uh, having the two best seasons of his career in 2017 and 2018 at the ages of 33 and 34, uh, flashing a 120 and 121 OPS plus. Uh, in 2008, he had a career-high 23 home runs, 99 RBIs, made his first career All-Star appearance, and received down-ballot MVP votes at the age of 34. Also, uh, for the first time in his career, he got any any ink on the MVP ballot, so to speak. A quote-unquote professional hitter uh, with positional versatility, Jed Lowry went into the 2018 offseason as, you know, an interesting free agent, despite his 
age of 34, which would, uh, you know, perhaps limit the length or dollar amount that he might get on a contract. I always thought him as a fine player, but never in my wildest dreams did I think he might be a player that my favorite team would target that offseason, especially uh, since new general manager for the New York Mets, Bertie Van Wagenen, made the made his signature offseason move earlier in December when he acquired middle infielder Robinson Cano along with Edwin Diaz uh, in, you know, what is quite the ill-fated trade, so to speak. But after bringing on Cano and Diaz in trade and signing Wilson Ramos to fill a clear void at catcher, uh, the Mets made a surprising acquisition on January 10th, 2019, signing Jed Lowry to a two-year, $20 contract. Uh, certainly seemed odd coming on the heels of the other transaction that will probably negatively define the Brody era, that aforementioned trade. Um, you know, because on the one hand, there seemed to be absolutely no place for Lowry to play. You had Todd Frazier at third, Cano at second, uh, the clearly still underappreciated, uh, according to rumor, almost traded Jeff McNeil also on the roster. Uh, and they also recently added J.D. Davis, so there seemed to be a logjam in the infield, not to mention the Mets' unstated but pretty obvious inability to expand the Wilpon-era payroll very far. Wow, you know, two years ago, but this seems seems ages ago to talk about not being able to expand the payroll, Brody Van Wagenen. Uh, seems ancient, uh, and that feels good. But at the other hand, you know, on the other hand, uh, you know, there were a lot of reasons not to bring in Lowry. But then again, I always criticize the Mets for not building depth. Uh, you know, and again, Lowry had that positional versatility that was becoming more and more prized in in the modern game. You know, he could perhaps even fill in and shortstop in a pinch, although obviously, you know, better suited at second and third. Um, but it kind of looked like a clever signing. Uh, even with Lowry's age. Heck, at Amazing Avenue, uh, we graded the move as an A. Uh, probably a little more generous than I would have given it at the time, but yeah, I approved it the, of the move. Uh, I mean, for every time I like to pat myself on the back for, you know, foreseeing how horrible, you know, I thought the Cano-Diaz trade was at the time. I mean, uh, one day after the Jed Lowry signing, the Yankees signed DJ LeMahieu for two years and 24 million and I allowed myself to think to my, I allowed myself to think wow that makes the Lowry signing look even better I mean that guy's going to be terrible outside of Coors Field so um I'd say the moral of the story is uh don't hire me as GM I mean I'd probably be a better human being than most of the I, I mean not that great a human being but based on recent GM hirings but probably wouldn't do the job so well but it's fun to sit behind a typewriter or a little microphone on a podcast and speculate, isn't it? It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At any rate, uh, 2019 spring training kicked off without Jed Lowry seeing much action. He was apparently dealing with what was first reported as minor knee pain in early March. Uh, while a clear timetable was never really presented and, you know, you're always a little concerned about injuries nagging into the season, the situation seemed innocuous enough. Uh, I tried to look, I looked up tons of reports from March of 2019 and a very standard one on March 13th, uh, Brody Van Wagenen told reporters Lowry had begun throwing and hitting. Lowry confirmed that he was hitting, not yet running, but that he was building strength and endurance. And that with two weeks until opening day, he was making progress, feeling good. Um, that was his goal, not having any setbacks and just continuing to build strength and progressing every day. One of his last full press conferences or, you know, conversations, reports I could find, Lowry said, you know, making a conscious effort to be out there. I'm trying to build relationships, get to know these guys a little bit more, because once I'm back out there, we'll be in the trenches together. Um, so it seemed like a non-serious situation, um, but Jed Lowry would not be seen in the trenches, as I think most of you may remember, until September of 2019, and his situation would become more and more mysterious, opaque, whatever, whatever word you choose to use. It's also telling how, uh, how interesting a year 2019 was, I think, because it Kind of, kind of faded into the background a bit. Uh, you know, after telling the rest of the NL East to come and get them, uh, in the first half of the 2019 season, the Mets were gotten. Uh, the team entered the All-Star break 40-50, and 50, uh, with speculation that they might need to sell at the trade deadline, most notably pending free agent Zach Wheeler. Uh, but the Mets got hot out of the break, uh, going 27-10 and 10 over the next 37 games, including an incredible 15 out of 16 stretch, uh, comeback victories, excitement, Pete Alonzo hitting homers, uh, but they put themselves in the periphery of a pennant race, uh, still well behind the first place Braves, but, you know, right in a, right in the, right behind the second wild card. At one point, only two or three games behind the first wild card and eventual champions that year, the Washington Nationals. So the Mets got tantalizingly close, uh, you know. And again, th- th- there was so much drama in that year that it was easy to forget that their biggest offseason free agent acquisition, at least in terms of dollars prior to the season, had still not set foot on a major league field during the season as the team was in an August pennant race. Um, back in May, Lowry began a rehab assignment in AAA Syracuse, uh, rehabbing what was initially called the sprained left knee ca- capsule. Uh, in the middle of that rehab, he strained a hamstring. Um, and from May through, straight through to October, um, at most you'd get a weekly or monthly update that from Mickey Calloway or Brody Van Wagenen that Jed Lowry was no closer to returning. Uh, 
certainly the myths were never paragons of clarity and um, forthrightness in the Wilpon era. Uh, but at a certain point, the organization seemed to no longer even specify exactly what was wrong with Lowry, which just added to the mystery of the whole thing. It wasn't clear whether he was, it was just, it was the knee and the hamstring, uh, re, you know, re-aggravation of the knee issue, just the hamstring issue. Uh, at some point in August, uh, you know, Brody said something along the lines of, you know, I can't give any details beyond the fact that his left side needs to be working in concert with each other the need of the hamstring, we want to make sure that the kinetic chain is working together. Just good times. But finally in August, uh, Lowry began another rehab assignment in the minors, uh, made a tour of Brooklyn, St. Lucie, and Syracuse. Uh, he went 11 for 40 with two homers, and finally was able to rejoin the team in September uh, when the rosters expanded. But clearly he was not himself, uh, you know, was not suited to play every day. I mean, you know, Robinson Cano was injured for the year. Uh, Jeff McNeil had suffered some hamstring problems, but the Mets had to go out and uh, pick up Joe Panic off the waiver wire to play second. Uh, Jed Lowry would, over the course of September, have nine plate appearances as a New York Met, all as a pinch hitter, uh, eight actual at-bats once he got the double switch uh, for, you know, sent up was announced and didn't get to bat. So eight plate appearances, 0 for 7, four strikeouts, and he did draw a walk. That's right, listeners. I On September 16th of 2019, Jed Lowry led off the ninth inning with a walk off of Yairo Diaz in Coors Field uh, in a game the Mets were losing 9-4, and he advanced to third base and was stranded there uh, as the Mets lost 9-4. And that is the most exciting uh, the, the the most productive Jed Lowry was on the field as a New York Met in his two-year, $20 million career. So yeah, at the time you think lost season, but okay, he'll be back next year. I mean, how long could knee problems linger? Uh, but you know, then of course the 2020 season, for very unfortunate reasons, got off to a very late start. Uh, even more time to rehab your knee if we're just looking at it from a purely baseball perspective. But as I'm sure you all know, listeners, the Mets played 60 games only in 2020 due to COVID, and uh, the Mets employed 47 players over those 60 games. Obviously, there were, yeah, it was a strange season, injuries, universal DH, uh, needed to use a lot of pitchers, seven-inning doubleheaders, but of course, none of those 47 players were named Jed Lowry. Uh, if a season takes place and no one watches it, did it really happen? And if a player signs with a team and no one sees him play, well, you know. In late in spring training, which of course was, well, when they had it in February and then uh, in July when there was a little warm-up camp in City Field, Lowry was spotted with a gigantic leg brace that, uh, you know, looked pretty clearly like something that would be hard to play and run in professional ball in. And the Mets uh, grew increasingly cryptic about the nature of the injury. Uh, I believe later in July or August, there was something about PCL laxity was the official diagnosis, which I'm still not 100% sure what that means. But at any rate, that felt to me like the end of a story. The Mets sign an old veteran player. Old veteran player's career ends promptly due to injury. Seemed pretty 
cut and dried and not unusual if you're a fan of the New York Mets. Not so dramatically that someone only gets eight at-bats in the uniform, but, you know, the franchise is littered with stories such as this. Except I look up on opening day, 2021, an opening day that we don't have, and, you know, only the other 28 teams in baseball have, aside from the Mets and the Nationals, and without a Mets game to watch, I'm watching whatever's on ESPN, uh, and there is Jed Lowry, as if the last two years never happened, back in an Oakland A's uniform, uh, ripping a line drive up the middle, uh, which was caught by the pitcher, but still, uh, Jed Lowry is the 2021 starting second baseman for a team with playoff aspirations, and yeah, I sincerely began to wonder if the last couple of years had ever happened. Lowry is seemingly healthy. The story is, well, obviously healthy, is playing, I think, pretty much every day so far in this very brief season. And while the A's are off to a very slow 0-4 start, Jed Lowry is uh, 3-for-11 uh, with an RBI, uh, so already... Uh, more productive than he was over two years as a New York Met in these four games in the 2021 season. And I don't want to Im- imply I, I, I don't wish him well. I mean, you know, I, I, I've never never want to wish players uh, wish ill upon players. And, you know, uh, I'm, I mean, I don't think players are above a booing every once in a while. I won't, I won't be that... Uh, not that soft. I, you know, this is New York. Occasionally, some players need to get booed. It's one of the one of the many things I hate about those loathsome Cardinal fans and the whole "oh, we never boo players." Well, you know, maybe you should boo Mark McGuire after he came back as a cheater. Just throwing that out there. Uh, but uh, you know, but I don't wish Jed Lowry ill, and it's great that he's healthy. But uh, I don't know. I don't think much sums up the. With the Wilpon era more is the futility of that contract and the utter mystery as to like you know I I don't I don't even know what he did to get better after two years out of baseball it's still not a hundred percent clear what the injury was and how he's magically better uh, you know I think yeah you know, just poking around Twitter which is a very bad thing to do they're just are all sorts of crazy conspiracy theories, you know, that it was a insurance scam by the Wilpons or, you know, that, you know, just a deal for Brody to get his old client uh, a little pillow landing and they knew he was injured. Crazy stuff, but, you know, that's, I guess, where conspiracies foster when people don't get information. But uh, Jed Lowry is healthy and good for him, I guess, and you know, the Mets are off to a new era uh, with an owner who can spend $340 million for a more in their prime middle infielder. So hopefully everyone's happy. I usually like to end these unformidables by wrapping up a player's career. Uh, you know, and again, this is the first time I've ever done an unformidable where a player is still playing. So, uh, you know, I'll just say through his career to this point, Jed Lowry has a 16.9 WAR, according to Baseball Reference. Uh, he has a 261 batting average, uh, 335 on base, 413 slugging for a 748 OPS and 105 OPS plus. After coming off the two best years of his career, a 3.6 WAR in 2017 and a 4 WAR in 2018, uh, didn't even register in Baseball Reference. I guess 
plate appearances is not enough to register. So I can't even tell you uh, his he doesn't really have advanced stats for the Met with the Mets. Although in eight plate appearances, he did get a negative 61 OPS plus. So uh, not a productive member of the New York Mets organization. And I'd normally also wouldn't do one of these because you never know what's going to happen in baseball. And Jared Lowry still got some career ahead of him, but. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that uh, we're probably never going to see a Jed Lowry in a Met uniform again. Uh, that would be something. I guess uh, I guess you never know, though. But uh, if he comes back, it'll probably be worth another unfermentable. I sincerely hope he has a good 2021 season, but I hope the Mets have an infinitely better one. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Unfermentable. Please go to AmazonAvenue.com for more Mets-related content. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and the Gram. You can find this and all of our Amazon pods wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe. Uh, leave us a review. It really helps. Original music by Bunga. I'm on Twitter at Wolf, W-O-L-F-F-R-R. This show is at Unformidable. Happy belated opening day, friends. And as always, let's go Mets.